Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Saturday morning edition of the NHL Strategy Show, Stochastic NHL Strategy Show, sponsored by Prize Picks. Saturday morning. What is going on? I'm your host, Joshua. You guys know who I am by now. Um, even if I forget myself on Saturday mornings. Joining me as always, Tim Cliffy. How you doing? It's like 4 p.m. where you are. Yeah, I've already watched Saturday Night Slate. It was a pretty good one. Um, doing good, man. Stochastic Saturday Strategy Show is quite the tongue twister to start off um, a one-hour show with Saturday morning. But no, I'm doing good. Um, nice, bright, sunny day outside. 11-game slate we have here tonight. We've got uh, games going on um, all day long, uh, which is always nice on a Saturday um, when they have them spread out. I see... 12.30 Eastern, 3 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Eastern. So we should have some NHL to watch all day long, which is nice. Uh, Complement that with uh, the NFL playoffs going on today. And we get to uh, have a nice, have ourselves a nice little sports Saturday here. Yeah. Also UFC 283 in Brazil tonight, if you're into fisticuffs. Um, yeah. Let's, uh, oh, I see we have an $11 super chat from DJ Weez. <laughs> thank you uh ycmmat handed you this over never betting on the under again didn't really bet on it but like i put i set the line for over under 17 minutes for him saying this is the worst slate of the of the year went over man of your word send 11 super chat i appreciate it very much uh yeah whiskers we call him whiskers in these parts notorious tilter he might even be up now watching us at 7 a.m. I think he's in mountain time. Sup, Whiskers. I'm sure you're like tilting a CSGO slate right now. No, it's 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 absolutely like Chinese League of Legends or something that he's <laughs> he's tilting off a cliff at 6:30 in the morning to, to that. It's 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 quite the life that he leads. Yeah. Yeah, and uh he was saying yesterday he had to uh turn off his camera on a work meeting because his VP said something about soaking or something like that. So. <laughs> so, yeah. we're off to the races here on Saturday morning. Off to the races. But thank you very much for the $11 Super Chat. Uh, let's get into this slate. Before we do, you know the drill. Give us a like and subscribe so you keep up with all of our shows. DFS offers, giveaways, and much more. Once you subscribe, hit that notification button to get alerts when our shows go live. Don't forget, almost all of our content is available in podcast form. Help us out by leaving a five-star review. Shout out to our sponsor, Prize Picks. We'll have a nice offer for you a bit later. Make sure to smash that like button. There are 26 of you in there already. 
We like likes. We want to be the most liked show. Help you get more free shows all the time. Let's get into this slate. See, Jake has gotten totals up. Thank you, Jakey. We heart you. I don't even know if that's a heart. Toronto Maple Leafs with a four total heading into Montreal. The Canadians have a 2.5 total. Samsonite, I was way off, is confirmed. Samuel Dikembe Montembeau is probable. Looks like, as far as we know, the Habs and Leafs are running back the lines that they had. Now, with Jesse Yolman loaning on the top line with Suzuki and Caulfield, this is makes it a very, very good matchup for the Matthews line. This is a very good power play spot. The Leafs have a four total. They have a massive projection. I would imagine they're going to be very chalky tonight. There are a ton of really good spots, but like the Leafs generally just attract ownership for whatever reason. Um, the one downside bunting is off the top power play for uh, Riley, but I still think you can full stack there. You can power play stack. On the Hab side, I think outside of a Cole Caulfield one-off, it's going to be nothing for me. Yeah, uh, just, you know, as we sit here, we don't have lines from Morning Skate, obviously. I would just say pay attention to the Montreal top line because, yeah, Jesse Alonen was on the top line for most of their game last game. Um, he was moved off late in the third period, the last few shifts for Evgeny Dodonov now. There's definitely some rumor mongering going around that the Donoff could be traded from Montreal um, if they can get anything for him um, at the deadline. Obviously, he's a UFA and all that. So just watch for maybe the Donoff or something like that. Someone like that, sorry, uh, jumping to the top line because that could certainly happen. Um, we mentioned on the last show just how bad the Montreal top line has been defensively um, without um, – without Kirby Doc there. And I think, you know, that's something that's very important to mention for this um, matchup, right? Is uh, if Suzuki and Caulfield go into, um, you know, that Toronto top line and they don't have that kind of Kirby Doc, um, you know, safety net around them, I think it could make uh, a very long night for them. What I will mention is that with Kirby Doc off the top line, Florida in town the other night, Montreal didn't really hard match against any of the Florida lines. They basically just rolled out whomever um, up against. And in fact, Caulfield and Suzuki saw um, the less ice time versus Alexander Barkov than they did against either the second or the third line. So I'm not sure that Caulfield and Suzuki are necessarily going to be going out against Toronto one, but I honestly, I don't think it really matters that much when you're looking um, at the Canadians depth, like Kirby Doc and Josh Anderson, assuming they're still in the second line together. 4.2 4.2 expected goals against in their 80 minutes together this year. Like Montreal is just really poor um, defensively all around. So yes, it is a tremendous matchup for that Toronto top line, both at even strength and on the power play. Uh, Montreal's penalty kill, obviously still not very good. They have the most time shorthanded of any team in the league over their last 20 games. And in that span, they're giving up the second most power play goals against per minute. So not only are they taking a lot of penalties, but they're not killing off uh, very many of the penalties that they do take. So it's a tremendous matchup for the Toronto power play as well. So there are a number of ways you can stack the Leafs here tonight, right? You can just go right with the top line, Nylander, Bunting, Matthews. I think that's just fine. Um, you know, maybe you take out a Bunting, put in Marner or, or go double center with Matthews and Tavares and, and, and really stack the power play. Like there are a number of ways to go with with that. I, um, I think Kyle Yarncroft, 
missed practice yesterday, but they said that was maintenance. I imagine he's still going to play. Um, you know, that Toronto second line still not really generating a ton of offense, but they're shooting over 13%. So that's obviously helping a lot. It's just the Toronto power play guys that I would really focus on here. Um, it, it, it is a tremendous power play spot for Toronto. What I will say on the Montreal side is for what, you know, Montreal and Toronto, they just always play tough games. Like they've only played once this year and Montreal beat them in the first matchup. Um, last year, with a similarly bad Montreal team, Montreal beat them in two out of the four games, scoring five goals twice. Like these are just two rivals that just kind of play a, a weird brand of hockey whenever they're on the ice together. So don't discount the Habs here entirely. Like we always say one off Josh Anderson is just fine. I think that's absolutely playable. Um, you know, one off Cole Caulfield certainly uh, can do that. If you want to get to Nick Suzuki, cause he should play a lot of ice time. You can, I would say, obviously, the Toronto power play is the focus here. It's a tremendous matchup at all strengths for those guys. But don't forget about Montreal. I would certainly have some interest in one-offing some of their wingers, especially if they go 11-7 again tonight, as they have the last couple of games. Yeah, could be an interesting one. I want to see uh, ownership. I would imagine that Montreal is going to get almost no ownership tonight. So, you know, check that out. And I imagine um, Toronto is probably going to be one of the highest-owned teams. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Let's move on to the next one. Winnipeg Jets with a 3.2 total heading into Ottawa. The Senators have a 2.9 total. Hellbuck, Forsberg are probable. Senators are on a back-to-back. They got lit up like a Christmas tree against Pittsburgh last night. Interesting here. Uh, I'm not sure what Winnipeg is going to do with their lines. They've lost two in a row. They started last game with Wheeler, Dubois, Connor, Baron, Shifley, Ehlers, but we'll have to see with morning skate. If they put wheel, if they put Ehlers back with Dubois and Connor, that line is going to interest me. Fully correlated against a bad Senators penalty kill. On the flip side, Senators back to back going up against Hellebuck is not ideal, really. But um, Josh Norris still really, really cheap. Don't mind the Norris uh, Giroud Debrincat line. Yeah, it's kind of interesting what to do with Ottawa here because I don't imagine they're going to have much ownership in this game, um, you know, back-to-back against the Jets and all that. But it's not a bad total, like a 2.9 at home. It's not high, but it's certainly not nothing. Um, you know, it's just behind Vegas with a three total, um, you know, way higher than a team like uh, the New York Islanders, um, like obviously way higher than Montreal. Like there's some expectation here but um a couple problems obviously the first is the winnipeg penalty kill like problem for ottawa because as we've said in (laughs) dozens of shows this year ottawa very very reliant on the power play for their production um and winnipeg is one of the least penalized teams in the league only 2.8 times shorthanded per game that's the third fewest uh penalties in the league only vegas and st louis below them um that's really, you know, that's a, a check against um, Ottawa to start with. And the second point is over Winnipeg's last 20 games, the second fewest shots against um, went on the penalty kill of any team in the league on a per minute basis. Um, obviously not allowing any goals against uh, with Connor Hellebuck playing the way he is. So it's a brutal power play spot for Ottawa, right? And 
with their inability to finish a five on five this year, which is an ongoing problem here because they do have fits and spurts where they show well, but generally speaking, they're just not finishing on their chances. Um, you know, maybe Brady Kachuk should scale back on the shots a little bit, maybe try to pass the puck a little bit more instead of just slamming into the goalie's pads, but it's another conversation for another day. So I imagine there's going to be good leverage on Ottawa here whenever we do get a top stacks run. Um, they're not, they're expensive, but they're not, um, overly prohibitively expensive, right? Um, I do think there is some merit to using them just because there won't be a lot of ownership on them. Uh, the problem is, is it's a brutal power play spot and they really need to get there on the power play to have a lot of, uh, tournament upside. So I'm out on Ottawa. As for Winnipeg, we're going to have to see what the lines look like. Shifley and Ehlers over the last couple of years. Uh, have been really good offensively, even without Kyle Connor, 3.3 expected goals, 3.8 actual goals, and over 300 minutes together, um, you know, both on the top power play unit. There's not a matchup on the Ottawa side that really concerns me from a defensive perspective either. And Ottawa does take their fair share of penalties, 3.54 times shorthanded per game. That's above league average. Um, their penalty kill save percentage, 933 over the last 20 games. We saw with San Jose like three or four weeks ago where they were riding a really, really hot PK save percentage for a while, and then it just all blew up in their face over a span of like five games. Um, that's, I think that's something that could easily happen to Ottawa as well. I do like, um, you know, a two-man of um, Shifley and Ehlers here. They do have a, a long history of success together. I worry about Ehlers not playing at the end of the game, but hopefully they get enough goals to get him um, a good DFS night by then. So it's Shifley, Ehlers, and whomever they play with, hopefully it's Cole Perfidi. Maybe it's Morgan Barron, but at the very least, Shifley and Ehlers, long history of offensive success, no defensive matchups to worry about, pretty reasonable power play spots. So that's where I'm going in this game. Yeah, I wonder if he is out on the end of the net tonight, if it's a close game, because Shifley's always out there. They usually go Shifley, Wheeler, Lowry, but they're all on different lines. Maybe they bring that back for the empty net. I don't know. Maybe the Jets just blow them out. And you don't even have to worry about the empty net. But, you know, if you are playing Ehlers with Shifley, you know Shifley's going to be on there for the empty net. So you at least have that. Two on to the next one. My God. The Philadelphia Flyers with a three total heading into Detroit. The Red Wings have a 3.4 total. Carter Hart, Billy Huso are probable. Detroit's back home after what seemed like a very long road trip, but they're, you know, as far as we know, they're going back for Tuesday, Larkin, Raymond. I mean, Flyer, Kubelik was, was on the top line last game. What was that? Kubelik was on the top line last game. Was he? Yeah. Um, so I imagine Kubelik. Yeah, Kubelik, Kubelik, Larkin, and Raymond, uh, Fabry, Suter, Bertuzzi. Bertuzzi sat out. I think he got benched in the third period. Okay, so that's something to keep an eye on. As far as the Flyers lines, now they started, you know, one way. They went down to the Blackhawks. Torts put everything in a blender again. He just loved blending. But, like, he's probably going to start Cates, Konechny, Farabee, Allison, Lawton, Hayes, Van Reems, like Tippett, Frost. I would imagine he starts that way. We'll have to see morning skate if they do skate. That's how they started the last few games. And then they just, you know, completely blended. But as it is. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad, unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. 
Samsung, more wow than ever. I don't mind going back to this Frost JVR line. Like James Van Rings, like only played like 12 minutes the last game, which is a bit concerning. I don't know if Torts benched him, but like he was really pushing, you know, Frost and Konechny and Hayes. Like Hayes is just shooting the puck like a like his hair's on fire recently. I think he had nine shots on goal the last game, but something to be weary of. If Kubalik is on the top line still with Larkin and Raymond, like I don't mind that line. The problem is, as we've talked about, the Flyers have a really good penalty kill. So I guess you could stack that line for five on five. But like this isn't a very good power play spot. So I despite a 3.4 total, I guess you could go to that top line because Carter Hart's been he has been bad. It doesn't really matter who's in that for the Flyers, and there isn't a really a line that scares me defensively for the Flyers. So if you want to stack them for five on five, that's fine. Just keep in mind, it's not a very good power play matchup. Yeah, it's not. And yeah, just watch the Flyers lines because they did mix them up in the third period last game. Um, it, Bertuzzi, they said it was a lower body injury, why he didn't play the third period, but they don't think it's serious. So maybe he's back. We'll have to see um, when morning skate comes. Um that Farabee-Konechny line, the issue earlier was that they are just running a really hot shooting percentage and not generating a lot of offense, but that's kind of turned around a little bit. Since Christmas, Farabee and Konechny, 3.2 expected goals for per 60 minutes. That's really, really good in over 100, over 105 minutes um, since Christmas together. Three and a half actual goals scored. Konechny has 22 shots in his last five games. Like, they're really, really starting to generate some pretty good offense, and that's kind of what you want to see. You don't want to see people riding hot shooting percentages. So, well, I agree. I think Frost, Tippett, and JVR makes a fine line to go back to because they are playing well. Like you said, JVR didn't really get a lot of ice time. Um, you know, Tippett and Frost split on different power play units. I, I'm kind of leaning Konechny and Faraby here. They have been getting more ice time of late. Like I think Farabee's been between like 17 and 18 minutes on average over the last few games, which is a really nice increase for him. Um, obviously, Konechny is still uh, performing extremely well in the DFS universe. There's no matchup on the Detroit side to worry about. With Kubelik on the top line, the Detroit top line is at um, 3.1 expected goals against per 60 minutes. That's not good. Um, the Detroit second line with Rasmussen and Perron has been pretty good defensively, but then they had add Andrew Kopp there. He's been atrocious this year, so I don't think that's a worry either. I think Cates, Konechny, and Farabee would be the line I would go to. Um, you know, if you want to leave Cates off, I think you can do that. But at his price, um, it's kind of hard to because he's kind of like the reason why you would stack them. Because other than that, you're just making a duo stack where the average cost is over 6K per player. Yeah. It doesn't really make a ton of sense. So uh, Kate's connecting at Fairby is not a bad spot. Um, I don't mind them at all. Um, the Detroit penalty kill has been really, really bad over the last like six weeks. So it's a pretty good power play spot for them as well. So Konechny, Fairby, and Kate's is where I'm looking. On the Detroit side, um, you know, Fabry Suter Bertuzzi would be kind of interesting if Bertuzzi's in the lineup. Uh, the Detroit top line didn't really generate a ton with Dominique Kubelik there, like a little bit above league average by expected goals for. I imagine there's going to be a fair bit of ownership on Detroit as well because there's not like they're not really that expensive. Like, even the top line of Larkin, uh, Kubelik, and Raymond 
um, under 15K, right? So I imagine they're going to be a lot of those mid-price fillery type um, lineups with Detroit in there. So I'm going to say I'm not super excited about playing the Wings. Um, if anything, it would be, um, you know, the third line with Fabry Suter and, and Bertuzzi if he's there. Other than that, you know, one-offs or whatever, but I'm not full stacking. It's connecting therapy for me. Yeah. And, you know, we'll pour one out for Jake Wallman, who got taken off the power play. But we'll talk about defense in a little bit later. Um, get two free months of Stochastic Plus Platinum, and your first bet is covered up to $1,000 in first bet insurance. When you sign up, make a deposit, and make your first paid wager at BetMGM. Make sure you click the link in the description below to sign up. And if your first bet loses, you'll get paid back in site credit equal to the amount of your first wager up to 1000 The minimum is $10. You can go up to 1000 depending on your tolerance there. So if you are interested and you have not signed up with BetMGM, click the link in the description below. You need a stochastic membership which is free if you don't have one. Then you just got to make an account with BetMGM. You make a deposit, make your bet. Once the bet settles, you get an email from BetMGM about how you can get your two free months of Stochastic Plus Platinum. Remember, the legal age for gambling in most states is 21 plus. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's move on to the next one. San Jose Sharks with a 3.5 total heading into Columbus. The Blue Jackets have a 3.1 total. Chalk Columbus hurt a lot of people the other night. Uh, we faded. We, we made a stand on the show. Sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't. Ended up working last night. They have a massive projection here tonight uh, against the Sharks. That being said... Uh, even though House Essimont is with Hurdle and Meyer, I really like Hurdle and Meyer here tonight. You want a power play stack? I guess that's fine. Like Columbus doesn't take a ton of penalties here, but I think I might just go just to Hurdle and Meyer and go about my day. Don't mind going back to Jenner, Gaudreau, Line, as long as they aren't massive chalk. I feel like they won't be because there are a ton of spots on the slate. Uh, there's a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. So like, I think this is a kind of a good spot to go back to them yeah um tom's top stacks was just run thanks a lot jake um i appreciate that the columbus top line remember kirill marchenko was moved up there um in practice yesterday that means a they're perfectly correlated and b they che they're cheaper than they were because obviously marchenko is um a lot cheaper than uh patrick line um 3300 cheaper on DraftKings. in fact so um, but they're not coming in with a ton of ownership, um, about 6% top two stack, 8% ownership. Like that's considerably more reasonable than it was a couple nights ago. Um, that's for sure. I just don't know. I mean, Marchenko looks like he's going to be a good player, but it's, is he a good player right now? I like, I don't know. Certainly he does like shooting. Um, there is no sample with Marchenko with Jenner or, or Marchenko with Gojo. Like we're talking less than 25 minutes. So there's nothing really useful to, to draw on here. Um, two things about uh, the San Jose side. One, with Kevin LeBanc off the top line, the San Jose top line has just not been near as good. Like with Kevin LeBanc, their, their expected goals go up over 20%, which is like a massive, massive leap. 
Um, their actual goals scored go up three per 60 minutes. Now, obviously, a lot of that shooting percentage related, um, shooting just 6.3% without LeBanc, but they have been generating considerably less without Kevin LeBanc on that line. And I was looking at our top stacks. Um, that San Jose top line is going to be one of the highest owned on the slate, top five by ownership on DraftKings. I think that's an easy fade on San Jose. Like chalk, chalk and over leveraged San Jose on the road. I like, I really don't care what the matchup is. I think that's one of the spots where I, I'm fine fading, especially without Kevin LeBanc on the top line. So I'm out at least on San Jose uh, one. San Jose two's coming in with negative leverage as well. But, you know, if you want to do like a Couture, Bear, Banoff, two man or something like that, I, I think that's definitely playable. They won't see much of that general line. So that's the one matchup that you want to avoid. So I don't mind maybe a Couture, Bear, Banoff, two man, but that's it for me from the San Jose side. The Columbus side, like for me, it's it's obviously top line or bust because it's it's full, fully stacked um, on the power play. They are cheap, don't have a lot of negative leverage. Um, I just, I, I'm just worried that Marchenko doesn't last the game there, right? Like they, they're just trying out different combinations because they know their season's toast. Like, you know, just Kent Johnson get moved back up at some point. Do they just move line a back up to the top line, you know, after the first period or something? Um, that's kind of my concern here. I Columbus one's certainly in play. It's not really a great power play spot for them though. So, um, I, I think they're playable, but I think on the Columbus side, I would rather just one off some guys. Like I would rather just one off a Gojo or one off Marchenko or something like that, rather than stack the whole unit. Yeah, what happened? Like um, I would assume uh, LeBanc gets back in the lineup if he slots in with Hurdle and Meyer. Will that change your opinion, or is just too chalky for you? Um, just probably too chalky. I, I just chalk San Jose on the road is it was a pretty easy fade for me. I think. I. Uh kind of agree i tend to agree there carolina hurricanes with a three total heading into new york that sucks the islanders have a 2.4 total freddie anderson Ilya sorokin probable patcheretti tore his achilles again i don't want to say that's a career ender but it may certainly alter the rest of his career uh, so hopefully he can recover from that. They will put him on long-term IR, which probably makes them active in the trade market, but that doesn't matter for tonight. We'll have to wait and see lines here because Patriotty injuries in the last minute of a game that was out of hand. So good one, Rob the Bod. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I think I think it's pretty safe to say Teravine is just yeah. going to go and take his place. That's where who was there before. Um, they were playing well. Same thing with the power play, so. I, I think it'll be Teravainen with Ajo. Yeah, I agree. And that and that line is really cheap. If Teravainen does move up, he probably takes Pacioretty's top power play spot. Islander's not very good defensively. If it is Sorokin, that's the problem. He's, you know, one of the best goalies in the NHL. If it is Verlamov, I'll have more interest in Carolina. On the flip side, I guess you can, like, Nelson away from Lee is not good. Barzell with Lee is fine, but like Cal Clutterbuck, like I, if there's a line on the Islanders that I like, maybe, but like again, this is not a good matchup for either side. So this is an MME game for me. Yeah, um, I'm just really getting frustrated at the at these Islanders lines. It's like I, 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 one of the beat writers tweeted it the other day, but it's you know the the 
cast of wingers that they're giving Barzal to play with is just absolutely absurd. Like Hudson Fashing, and then that William Dufour kid, uh, Simon Holmstrom, Casey Sezikis, Cal Clutterbuck, Matt Martin's getting time up there. It's like, what are we? Anyways, I know there's a couple injuries. Maybe something to watch out for. It seems like Kyle Palmieri's been on the verge of returning for like two weeks now. Um, maybe he comes back and that evens things out. We'll have to see uh, what they look like. But like, I just don't have interest here. Um, 2.4 total at home, I think, kind of gives away a little bit of the gambit. Um, you know, like you said, Nelson and Lee split quite a bit. Um, Lee playing some with Barzal. Um you know, it's a terrible power play spot, obviously, even though they've gone back to their normal power play and it's a terrible power play spot against Carolina. I just don't have any interest in stacking the Islanders here. Um, you know, that Islanders second line, Bailey, Brock Nelson, Anthony Beauvillier, 2.2 expected goals for 4.1 expected goals against in their time together this year. They've just been really, really bad. Um, you know, Barzal and Lee have been playing pretty well together, but it's like, What's the matchup that they get? Do they have to go into that Carolina Aho line that has 2.2 expected goals against this year? You know, do they have to go into that Stasny Svechnikov line that has been dominant since they've been put together? Like, I I think this is a pretty, I mean, if you're playing a, a ton of lineups, I think you probably get some Islanders in there somewhere, but I think it's a pretty easy fade to stay away from the Islanders in this matchup. It's just the weather. You want to play anything on the Carolina side. Like Aho, Jarvis, and Terabinen have been really good together this year. Approaching 200 minutes together, 3.6 expected goals for 2.2 against. The problem is, like a lot of Carolina lines, they're not finishing. 5.9% shooting when they're on the ice at 5 on 5. Um, a lot of shots from the blue line. I was sharing some heat maps in our Discord a couple days ago. Like whether it's Svechnikov and Stasny on the ice or Aho and Jarvis on the ice, like you look at the heat maps, there's just two big red dots at both both sides of the blue line where, where like Burns and Chatfield and all those guys are just launching for the blue line. It's, you know, you want them to mix mix in uh, some more shots from down low, but that's just kind of the way it is. Like Ajo, Jarvis, and Teravine are probably perfectly correlated, very cheap. I just don't know if that's where I want to stack, right? Like it's not a good power play spot for them going into long island the islanders are well below average by penalties taken per game have a good penalty kill obviously the goaltending um complicates matters here i think i'd be fine with like a one-off terabinin or a one-off jarvis or something like that okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
you know, if you want to save some salary, maybe get a guy with top line, top power play minutes, even in a tough matchup. I just don't know if I would full on stack. So I think that applies to both sides here. I don't know if I'd full on stack anything. It's just maybe picking some one offs of certain wingers. Yeah. Not my favorite game on the slate. That is for sure. Neither is this one, but we have to talk about it. The Chicago Blackhawks with a 2.6 total heading into St. Louis. The Blues have a 3.8 total. Peter Morazic, the grease fire, Tomas Grice, probable. Uh, we'll have to wait and see if the Blues run back. Thomas Saad, Kairou, Buchnevich, Neighbors, Shen. I would imagine they will. Saad had a pretty good game up there. Uh, I'd say one thing is to watch for Tarasenko, right? Oh, yeah, he has been he, practicing, yeah. He could be back today. He was on the third line yesterday, I think, with Ivan Barbashev in practice. He, uh, like, he might take Neighbors' spot, no? Yeah, that's what I th- I, I yeah. thought that would be the obvious spot was was for him to jump in on, uh, uh, and take Neighbors' spot, but they had him on the third line of practice yesterday. I guess we'll have to see a morning skate today if they if they do decide to have one. Yeah, Blues coach sharp as the back out of a spoon. So we'll have to we'll have to see there. Blues getting a bunch of ownership anyway, as it is. It's a very good power play spot with Buchnevich and Saad flipped. It doesn't make any line fully correlated. If Tarasenko comes back, I don't know which power play unit he would be on. Um, we'll have to wait and see there, but it is a 3.8 total. There's a lot of ownership here. It's a very good power play spot. What are you doing with the Blues? Yeah, I'm wondering who would go to the second power play unit. Maybe Buchnevich. I don't know. I mean, they, like the, the Blues do weird things. With their power they kind of, yeah, they kind of like him uh, on the in the prime power play. I was thinking maybe Buchnevich, but th- that would feel bad. But anyways, um, yeah, a ton of ownership on the St. Louis lines. Um, top stacks tool has the top two St. Louis line is the first and second highest own lines, or second and third highest own lines on the slate on DraftKings. First and second. Over on FanDuel, their FanDuel ownership for the Cairo Thomas Sad line approaching 30%. Um, obviously, it's a price and matchup thing. You see the 3.8 total at home, all very reasonably priced. Like the St. Louis, um, you can stack the entire St. Louis top six for 28000 So Yeah, well, FanDuel pricing is so bad that like you need savings wherever you can get it. So Yeah, so, uh, um, so obviously there's going to be a ton of ownership here. Um, Sad and um, Thomas actually have been playing reasonably well together this year. Not a big sample yet, uh, just over 50 minutes, but 4.2 expected goals for 68 shot attempts per 60 minutes, which is a pretty high pace. Um, so they have been generating quite a bit. You're not worried about matchups here at all, I don't think. And when we look at w- who could possibly replace um who could get replaced by Tarasenko on the top power play unit. I think Kairou and Thomas are both safe in that sense. So I think it would be one of Shannon Buchnevich. So if you want to play it a little bit safer with who should probably see power play time, you want to get two guys on the top power play unit. I think it's Kairou, Thomas, and Saad. They're also coming with a lot less ownership than that Buchnevich line because they are um, over $3,000 more expensive. But Chalk St. Louis, <laughs> you know what I mean? Never failed before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of feels like uh, Nashville like a week ago or Columbus earlier this week. It's like, do I really do want to? Do I really want to play them as chalk at home, even if it's a really good spot? Um, I think you can just focus on the power play guys because it is a really good power play spot for them. Obviously, Chicago penalty kill um, still struggling. 
um, quite a bit. Uh, seventh most shots against per 60 minutes over the last month. Seventh most goals against, or not the last month, over the last six weeks. They are taking fewer penalties, which is something I noticed. Um, second fewest time shorthanded over the last six weeks. So where the Blues really don't draw a lot of power plays to begin with, um, third fewest power plays per game, they might not get a lot of power play time here. So I think you're fine just full stacking even strength lines. If you want to make a power play stack, like go ahead. It's a good enough spot where two players across two different lines can get there anyway. But I think I would just full stack Kairou, Thomas, Saad. Um, you know, Saad's been scoring quite a bit this year. Kairou uh, has been shooting um, the lights out of late. He has 22 shots in his last five games. Um, you know, Sad and Thomas, uh, as I mentioned, pretty good offensive numbers in a small sample together this year. So it's Kairou Thomas, Sad for me. Nothing on the St. Louis side. Yep. As sorry, well. Chicago side, sorry. Chicago, yeah. It, my brain, like, shut off there. I... <laughs> As we mentioned off the top, we are sponsored by Prize Picks, and we can get you a hundred dollar deposit match bonus and one free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum when you sign up and make a deposit with Prize Picks. Make sure you click that link in the description below, follow the steps, and you'll get all that stuff. It's a daily prop based contest. I always say if you are in a state that doesn't have legal sports betting yet, Prize Picks is where you need to be. Get you all those, you know, it, it's basically just prop parlays. There's no sharks. There's no optimizers or mass entries. Five-player lineup can net you up to 10x your entry fee. You can go cross sports, and today's a really good day for that. There's NHL. There's NBA. There's NFL playoffs. There's UFC. So, And if you are interested in doing you know, NHL tonight, Oilers are in Vancouver who are on a back-to-back, so just take all of McDavid's overs here tonight. <clears throat> Don't even think about it. McDavid overs. So click that link in the description below. Get your one free month Stochastic Plus Platinum and your $100 deposit match bonus. Los Angeles Kings with a 2.9 total heading into Nashville. The Predators have a 3.1 total. Phoenix Copley, UC Saros probable. We'll have to wait and see if Gabriel Velarde is in the lineup. Kings will probably have a morning skate. Um, we'll have to wait and see what that does with the lines. As it is, this is a pretty good power play spot for the Kings. They got shut out their last game at home against the Stars. Not much ownership on either side here. Like Glass, Forsberg, Duchesne coming in around 3.5%. 3.1 total if if the lines are Kopitar, Fiala, Kempe, and they do go out against that line, I don't mind, you know, getting to some national one here. Don't know if I get to them in one to three, but as you start making more lineups, I don't mind it if that is the line. You know, if Velarde's back and, you know, the lines are a bit different, then maybe that changes the scenarios. But as it is, both top lines I kind of like here tonight. Something interesting about Nashville is um, a few days ago, Calgary was in town and that they, that was the first game that Duchesne glass and Forsberg together. And they kept Duchesne glass and Forsberg out pretty much against second and third lines. Which the entire be, game. That would be an issue tonight. That's the problem is that King's second line has been excellent defensively with Alex. I follow there, like over their last hundred minutes together, 2.2 expected goals against like, that's pretty good defensive 
numbers, three, 3.0 expected goals for. So they're really carrying the play. They're not just dragging the pace down. They're actually driving the play the other way. It's one of those situations where a coach could galaxy brain themselves into putting their top line into a tougher matchup. John Hines notorious for doing that as well. So. Right. So I, I think that's one of the reasons why I would stay away from Nashville. I mean, another one is the split power play units, right? It's really getting to be a problem that Nashville's top power play unit has Yossi and Forsberg and then Tommy Novak and Yuso Parsonen. I, I do not know why Matt Duchesne just does not get top power play minutes. And that's a bit of a problem here in this matchup because, you know, the Kings penalty kill has been better of late, but it's been one of the, you know, sore points of this team for most of the season. You'd want to maybe be able to take advantage of, uh, you know, three or four power play opportunities because the Kings are above average by time shorthanded per game. But, you know, Duchesne on one unit, Forsberg on the other, and you, you know, you want to play the unit with, with Roman Yossi, which means you want, you know, you want to play the unit with Forsberg. Um, but, you know, split across the two, I just, I'm not, a, I just, I really can't get over that, especially for this particular matchup. So split power play units coming in with a little bit of negative leverage, probably going out against a tougher defensive line at even strength. I think there are an, enough reasons to fade that glass um, Forsberg Duchesne line here. So by that flip side, I would probably uh, jump down to that Nita Rider. I mean, I'm assuming he's going to be playing with Colton Sissons. They just move around their lines so much. We'll have to see, hopefully, in morning skate. Um, Nita Rider in his last game played with uh, Granlin and jo- Johansson to start. And then, you know, he got uh, training as, um, as a winger later in the game. It was just really a pretty big mess for uh, Nita Ryder um, that entire game. But they are going to be going out against the Kings' top line, the worst defensive line, I think. So it's probably worth at least like one-offing like Nita Ryder or something like that. I just don't know about full stacking here. Um, coming with a lot of negative leverage, almost no top two stack percentage. Like if he's out with Johansson and Granlin, am I going to three-man stack a line with Ryan Johansson and Michael Granlin on it? Like absolutely not. So if – if anything, a one-off need a rider, but that's about it from the Nashville side. Um, on the Kings side, uh, they like they did move uh, Fiala back to that top line last game. He has 36 shots in his last 10 games. Um, I'm not super concerned about going into uh, the need a rider Granlin Johansson matchup or whomever that they're playing with. So um i don't mind the king's top line here especially where they're getting a lot more power play time like they're not splitting the power play time anymore it's 65 35 in favor of the top unit um more minutes playing reasonably well um over the last 100 minutes together fiala shooting a lot of late um not getting that much ownership i think there's some merit to going to the king's top line here even against uc saros yeah i agree and you know the Predators could use someone like Ely Tolvin in their top six. Would be nice if they went out Ooh. and got someone like him. Maybe they'll find one on waivers. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Let's move on to the next one. Arizona Coyotes with a 2.3 total. Heading into Dallas, the Stars have a 3.8 total. Connor Ingram is confirmed. Jake Ottinger is probable. Now, with Dallas... Dallas said that Rope Hints would not be traveling with the team on the road. They're back home. I don't know if he's going to be back today. Just something to keep 
in mind. He could be he could have been skating at home. Like we'll have to wait and see because this is a very good spot. And you can see the ownership here with Pavelski, Sagan, Robertson. They're getting almost 25% ownership here. Massive projection, very good power play spot. Now Vamelka net. So just keep an eye to see if Hints is at least skating this morning. I like it would he was like basically a game time decision the whole season last year. So like if he does skate, there's a chance you know the coach is gonna be like he's a game time decision, which would suck because he's a different price point from Sagan, but keep that in mind. Dallas won very much in play tonight. Uh, just a matter of ownership. Yeah, uh, lots of ownership, like you're saying, approaching 25% in the top stacks tool, but nearly a 24% top two stack probability. So not that much negative leverage when you're actually uh, putting it all together. Obviously, it's a tremendous matchup. You know, we've been talking about how basically Sagan and Hints have been interchangeable over the last couple of years, as you alluded to. You know, Hints did have his injuries last year, certainly the year before that as well. Um you know, 80 minutes with Sagan this year on the top line, 5.2 expected goals for 6.1 actual goals. Like they're really generating a lot. Those numbers aren't going to sustain themselves over like 280 minutes, but a really, really good start with Sagan there. Um, you know, Sagan has 15 shots and seven points in his last five games. Um, he's been very productive there. Obviously, you know, they're all playing around 18 and 19 minutes with that top line, top power play slotting. There's no... Um, Real matchup concerns on the other Arizona side. What I will say is that with Barrett Hayton on the top line, the Arizona's top line defensive numbers have actually been really, really good. 2.1 expected goals against, 2.7 actual goals against for 60 minutes. The actual goals against, um, even though it's a little bit of a letdown from the goaltending, still only about league average. Like that's not a tremendous matchup for that Dallas top line. Um but it's the power play that is really drawing here, right? Because Arizona is one of, most, one of the most penalized teams in the league. We say it every time they're on the slate. Second most power plays given to the uh, to the opponent so far this season. Um, the penalty kill still really, really bad. Um, I was just looking over their last six weeks. Third most shots against per minute on the penalty kill. Third most goals against per minute on the penalty kill. So it's a tremendous spot um, for that Dallas power play. I think for that reason, you if you're worried about running two chocolate like a chalky lineup together, there are you know ways to get different. Obviously, you can slide Jimmy Ben in, you can put uh, Miro Haskin in on the blue line. Um, there are ways to get different with that Dallas uh, top line, but it is a tremendous matchup for him. And um, considering the spot and you know the other lines on the slate, it has the second highest top two stack probability of any line and the highest outside of Edmonton. So. Um, I'm with you on Dallas. The Dallas second line is interesting. Johnston, um, Ben, and Delandria. Um, they've been playing pretty well together. 195 minutes, 3.1 expected goals for 2.7 against. Like, that's pretty good considering you have two pretty much rookies. Like, Delandria is not really a rookie, but it's pretty close, um, at least in terms of games played. Um they're just they're just not playing a ton, like 15, 16 minutes of late. Delandria only has 25 shots in his last 25 games. Like it, it's tough to full three man stack. I think it'd be two man stacking more than anything. Johnson and Ben or um, Ben and Delandria, something like that. Certainly Ben can be used uh, with the top line for power play stacks. I think they're perfectly fine to use. This is one of the chalky spots where I wouldn't mind playing the chalk. Like I would rather play Dallas than St. Louis. Um, I would rather play Dallas than 
I was going to say Columbus, but I'm not too sure about that because Columbus is like three and a half thousand dollars cheaper. Um, and you know, considerably less ownership than St. Louis, but it's pretty close anyway. So I don't mind Dallas. There are ways to get different with them. Um, I don't even mind dipping down to the second line, but I wouldn't full three man stack them. Arizona saw I um nothing for me. The Dallas penalty kill is really, really good. Arizona power play is really, really bad with Chicker and a ghost running the top unit. Um I was just sharing on Twitter. The defenseman on Arizona's power top power player taking over half the shots. Like two out of forty percent of the players on the ice are taking over half the shots, and they're two defensemen. You, you're just not going to have a good power play doing that. So yeah. it's a terrible power play for Arizona. Um, the top lines um, generating, but not super elite or anything. They're playing a lot of minutes, and they're not getting much ownership. So I think they're fine to include in like a hundred fifty mix or something like that. But I'm not stacking them single entry. Yeah, it's just a really tough matchup. <clears throat> don't like really stacking against Dallas, but you know, that top line in MME coming in under 1%, I think is fine. So move on to the next one, Edmonton Oilers with a 3.9 total heading into Vancouver. The Canucks have a three total Stuart Skinner off IR confirmed. Uh, Vancouver went last night with Colin Delia. So Spencer Martin is probable. Not seeing too much ownership here on McDavid and Dreisaitl. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Yeah. Um, whenever McDavid's low owned against a Vancouver team who's back to back, like, yeah, they went 11 7, but McDavid and Drysaddle played well over 20 minutes. Kane gets some shifts there. Ryan Nugent Hopkins gets some shifts there. Zach Hyman gets some shifts there. Doesn't matter if Dylan Holloway gets some shifts there. Ryan McLeod could get like. As long as Dreisaitl and McDavid are playing the lion's share of the minutes, I am interested. They're 17-8 for the two of them, but Vancouver is just bad. Back-to-back, low ownership, like, I don't know. Feels like it could be an Edmonton night here. Yeah, yeah. one thing I'll mention is Edmonton did split up McDavid and Drysaddle in the third period for basically the entire third period. It was only the very last shift, I think, with the empty net or something, um, where McDavid and Drysaddle were put back together. Other than that, they played a part the entire period. I'm wondering, like, they preferably they that's what they want to do, right? So they can have two good scoring lines rather than just load up everything on one line. Um, probably a good spot to do that against Vancouver, too. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's a good spot to match up against their two top scoring lines. Um, we'll have to see what they do in morning skate, but it, it's the same situation, I think, with it being a good power play spot. Um, you find just, just put McDavid and Drysaddle again, but I don't, you know, they did run a fair bit of like Hyman, Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, right? Um, and a fair bit of Kane with Drysidle. Um, that's something I think they did earlier in the season before Kane got hurt. So, you know, just watch Morning Skate. What I will say about the power play spot here is Vancouver isn't really taking a ton of penalties. Uh, third lowest time shorthanded per game um, over the last six weeks. Penalty kill obviously is still awful. So, you know, Edmonton could score two power play goals on two chances pretty easily here. But I just don't know if they get like four or five power plays. You know what I mean? So it's just something um, to keep in mind. Uh, Dreisaitl and Kane, if they are together, 
didn't really start this year playing that well. 2.4 expected goals for 3.6 against. That's really not that good um, for driving the play. They had to shoot over 15% to generate their goals. Um, Kane's only played, I think, 17 minutes on average since his return. Um, he did have 58 shots in 15 games, not including that injured game. So he was shooting quite a bit, but he didn't get power play one time last game either. I think he got maybe like 30 or 45 seconds. But other than that, they stayed with the unit that they had when he was injured. So I, I think you're fine to leave Kane off the stacks. But I guess by that same token, he, he's probably not going to be super high owned. So um, you might want to stick him in, um, you know, especially if you're playing dry side because I think they do play together at 5-on-5. But yeah, pretty good matchup um, for the Edmonton power play, even if they don't get a ton of opportunities. Um I really, really do like, uh, as long as McDavid and Hyman together, at the very, very least, I like playing those two together. We'll see what uh, morning skate looks like. On the Vancouver side, like Garland, Miller, and Horvat haven't really been playing all that poorly together. Um, 160 Over 160 minutes with Connor Garland up there, 2.9 expected goals for, 2.4 against. That's actually on pretty unbelievable for a JT Miller, Bo Horvat line. It's just that they're shooting 4.4%. Um, you know, if that shooting percentage could ever turn around, um, that line could be good, but there just seems to be so much turmoil in Vancouver right now. Um, I think they're, you know, if anything, Horvat Miller and Garland is fine coming in at about 6% ownership. Um, especially we get two out of three guys on top power play. And it is a good power play spot for Vancouver. That's something that should be mentioned. It's just, you know, do they fire Bruce Boudreau in the middle of the day? Like, it's something we're just kind of waiting for. Morale seems pretty low on the Canucks side right now. Yeah, and the, you know, how you said Canucks don't take a bunch of penalties. They are back-to-back, and McDavid's going to be flying around the ice. So there's a chance that, you know, the penalties get a little uptick there. I don't know. Like, Canucks are a mess. We'll have to, you know, they're not getting a ton of ownership, and – Edmonton, not exactly a powerhouse defensively, you'll say. So don't mind getting to some Canucks, depending on, you know, how the the news over the course of the day goes. If you are interested in the tools that we use here at Stochastic, we can get you a five-day NHL free trial, get you full access to everything that we have, projections, ownership, top stacks, rankings, uh, Discord. Discord is invaluable. There are the projections for, yeah, that's the, the top, top facts. Yeah. Sorry. It's a little bit blurry on my screen when we do that's the lineup builder. That is how we get through the shows. That's what we build the lineup. We do not have time for a lineup today. Unfortunately, we can start that um, back up on a shorter slate this week, but we have to be out in five minutes. So click the link in the description below, get your five day free trial, two games left. Let's get through them. <laughs> Washington Capitals with a three total heading into Vegas. The Golden Knights also have a three total. Darcy Kemper, Logan Thompson, probable. I don't really know what to do in this game here. Like, Eichel's been fine, but like his line mates haven't been great. Riley Marshall, so Carlson have been okay. This is a tough matchup. Like, I think if anything, I'm going to go to like, Backstrom Wilson. They're really cheap. They started playing a bit better together. Obviously, Ovechkin's fine as a one-off because he's getting almost no ownership. 
I think this is like kind of an MME game for me as well. Yeah, I'm not playing Vegas. We mentioned on the last show how much how much difficulty um, Vegas is having generating offense without Mark Stone there. Um, I don't think Michael Amadio joining Stevenson and Eichel is going to really solve that problem. I like Amadio, but I think the problem is not having Mark Stone. I don't think the problem is having Amadio there. Um, there's just no interest. Like, like I said, I, on the last show, Eichel producing a lot less without uh, Mark Stone on his wing. The Vegas second line of Marcia So Smith and Carlson has really just been pretty bad for a while now. Their last six weeks, 1.9 expected goals for 2.4 against. That's just, there's just nothing going on uh, with that line. Um, you know, they're not coming with much ownership. So if you want to play them as an ownership play, I, I guess that's fine. But they're just playing very poorly. Washington's actually a good defensive team. So I'm out on Vegas. On the Washington side, I agree with you on Baxter and Wilson. They have been playing pretty well together in a small sample. Um, 61% of the shot share, only 45 minutes together so far. But, you know, Vegas is missing stone. They are missing uh, still a bunch of defensemen. Like, I have questions about how good this team actually is right now. So I think like a two-man, like a cheap two-man of like Backstrom and Wilson, I think makes a lot of sense here, especially with Backstrom on the top power play unit. Um, you know, Vegas doesn't take a lot of penalties, but, you know, Backstrom getting that power play time is uh, kind of important. So I think like a a, a two-man Wilson Backstrom stack or something like that it, it is just fine here. You know, Backstrom and Ovechkin. If you want two-man, put an Ovechkin with him. I think that's acceptable as well. Um, but I, I really do I do not have any interest in Vegas here. Yep. Let's quickly get to the last game. Colorado Avalanche with a 3.2 total. Heading into Seattle, the Kraken also have a 3.2. <clears throat> uh, Avalanche back-to-back on the road, so it's Frank Kuz's probable. Phil Grubauer also probable for the Kraken. Now, Seattle at home has been sending out Gord, Tolvin, and Bjorkstrand against top comp, which should obviously be McKinnon, Lekin, and Rodriguez. The McKinnon, Lekin, and Rodriguez line has unbelievably offense, unbelievable offense and defensive numbers. I see like pretty high ownership on Tolvin and Bjorkstrand, so I'm kind of out there. I do really like the Avs top line. Um, if I'm going to go to the Seattle line, it would probably be Veneers, Burakovsky, Everlet. Yeah, this the problem with this game is Rantanen joined the top line in the third period yesterday. Yeah. So they ran McKinnon, Rantanen, and Rodriguez. We don't know if that's going to stay together for this game. Um, I assume so. You know, yeah. at the very least, Rantanen's on the top power play unit with McKinnon, right? So you get that power play correlation. It is a really good power play spot for them. The Seattle penalty kill is very bad. And also, we have to watch out for Kale McCarr. Um, he went through a full practice morning skate yesterday, but didn't play. It seems like they're kind of saving him for this game. You know, this is ostensibly one of the teams they could be chasing for a power play for a playoff spot. So um, I, I think the Colorado top line, like I would just play at the minimum McKinnon Rodriguez. It is a, they have been tremendous offensively together. Um, McKinnon and Erod are uh, up to four and a half expected goals for 92 shot attempts per 60 minutes of five on five, like just like bonkers offensive numbers. So you can, I, I didn't leave Lekin in there if you want, but I think I'm going to build McKinnon, Rantanen, um, Rodriguez. Uh, and then, you know, if I have to swap down because of a weird line shift or something, I'll, I'll go in that direction. But um, it's a really, really good power play spot for Colorado. So I want to focus on the top line, particularly the power play guys on the Seattle side. I agree with you too much ownership on the Tolvanen line, the Beneers line. 
really not playing that well. They're just riding really hot percentages. So I honestly think um, all things considered, like maybe like a one-off, like Sprong, one-off Donato, um, something like that. I'd be more inclined into the bottom six for Seattle, one-offing some guys than stacking anything. Yep. Coming up right after us, the NBA strategy show at the top of the hour with Ryan and Adam. So if you are here for NBA, make sure to stick around for that real quickly. Don't have time to go through goalies and defensemen. So if you want goalie and defenseman picks, please go into the Discord and at us. We will be around for most of the day. Real quickly, who is your hat trick pick? I mean, I'll list a few defensemen. uh, Lindell from Dallas, Justin Hall from Toronto, Bacchus from Columbus, um, Evan Bouchard from Edmonton, Scott Mayfield for cheap in the Islanders, uh, Devin Taves, if McCarr doesn't play, if McCarr does play, play McCarr, um, Drew Doughty from Los Angeles, top power play minutes, Vince Dunn from Seattle, top power play minutes as well. My hat trick pick, or my goalies, uh, Sorokin, Kemper, and Saros, my hat trick pick, Evan Rodriguez. My hat trick pick's going to be Nikolai Ehlers. So for Cliffy. I'm Josh. We'll be back Monday or Tuesday. 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 So good luck, everybody. We'll see you in Discord. Have a good night, day, afternoon, wherever we are. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more.